Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. I'm Julia. And I'm Robin. And we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the wizarding world. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, Hello, everyone. It is super early compared to when we usually record. Yeah. Well, usually has become very sporadically. Right. Life has just been life. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I can't wait for this to be over. Mm. Right, because my schedule's all over the place between work and school and my Girl Scout troop, my little babies. I love my little babies. Uh, my mom's getting my nieces into Girl Scouts. Aww. And a qu- question was posed, did I want to help? I said, I don't have time. No. Mm-mm. I don't have time either, but I'm still out here Mm-mm-mm. corralling my, yeah, my little nieces, brownies. They're not children. It's different. I did that, actually. I was a daisy, I had to think. A daisy. That's like the very beginning. <laughs> right. And, and my mom called me and she goes, do you want to be a daisy leader? And I was like, what, what is a daisy leader? She was like, this is a new classification. They didn't have that when I was little. You started at brownies. That's where you started. Yeah. Yeah, I have six girls. Um, most of them are third graders, which is like the last year of brownies. Um, but I have one that's a second grader, so she'll be a brownie for another year. And then um, one of my girls, her little sister usually tags along. So, And she's a daisy. She's in first grade. So then next year, I'm going to have four juniors and two brownies. (laughs) Oh, wow. But it'll be okay. I love my girls. I took them. We have a a place right here in town called Studio Clay. And it like the lady will like walk you through like making stuff. And the girls were working on their pottery badge. So they had learned about clay and they made a slab bowl. We have to go back in like two weeks and paint it. It, They had a blast and they were like super well behaved and it was awesome. That's, that's really cool. (laughs) Plus they know that, uh, Miss Julia does not play. Good. Yeah. (laughs) I do not play around. I enjoyed Girl Scouts because I wasn't with my mom like I had different, you know, I had leaders that wasn't my, and then when I got to the point where my mom was my leader, I didn't like it anymore. See, I think that's why like Olivia likes it. Cause like, you know, like her and I can spend time together. Cause normally, you know, I work all the time. I, you know, when I'm at home, I'm usually on my computer doing schoolwork and it's just like yeah. our time to like do things together. Plus, you know, she's an only child and there's hardly any kids in our neighborhood. So she can actually like hang out with her friends. Plus, you know, have her mom there. I mean, you know, yeah. right now mom's still cool. So, yeah. Well, it was just that I I couldn't do what I wanted to do like I could when I was a brownie and a junior because they let me be me. And my mother was like, "You need to sit there and not talk and not do anything." And I was like, "This is not fun. I don't like it." Right. That was that was just 
my experience. So, yeah. Anyway, Ugh, her birthday's next weekend. I'm gonna cry. Oh yay! Happy birthday! She's, She's going gonna... into double digits. No, not yet. Oh, She'll okay. be nine. Oh, okay. Even though she's like almost as tall as I am, I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> Doesn't that freak you out a little bit? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're I nine. Get... Can you not? Right. Yeah. But yeah, oh, breaks my heart. All so, right. So mom's still cool for a little while longer. <laughs> uh, you'll be cool until she's. You'll be cool forever. So don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, I mean, we're recording a Harry Potter podcast. How cooler can you get? Right. True story. Exactly. All right, so we are doing uh, the Black Sisters, Bellatrix, Narcissa, and Andromeda. And I have pulled um, some information off of... I don't know what it's called, the Wizarding World or J.K. Rowling World or whatever you want to call it. I, oh I don't yeah. Know. Um, so I'll just start. It's sometimes said that if you try and exert your own opinions on your children, they'll end up either obeying you or deliberately rebelling against you. In the case of Cygnus and Druella Black, their three daughters ran the gamut. <laughs> Yeah. One obeyed, one rebelled, and one ended up somewhere in between. Right. Each of, <laughs> right, yeah. Each of the three women's lives ended up being defined by love, even if sometimes that love was rather twisted. Yes, Bellatrix, we're looking at you. Right. Here's a look at the Black Sisters' history and how they took dramatic different paths. The early years. Growing up, the girls' live, lives would have been comfortable the Black family was a fairly wealthy one, after all. Named as one of the so-called Sacred 28, truly pure-blood wizarding families. But we can only wonder how idyllic their home life might have been as kids. Sirius, when explaining his family tree to Harry, revealed the unsettling, unsettling proclivities of other members of the Black family tree. Like a cousin who tried to force through a ministry bill to make muggle hunting legal. The way the family ostracized anyone who disagreed with their views made it clear that they weren't entirely loving and that blood wasn't as important as their ideals, though ironically the ideals were all about blood. But as kids, at least, the sisters all had one thing in common. They were all sorted into Slytherin. But after Hogwarts, their stories would take different routes. So we'll start with Bellatrix. Bellatrix the Death Eater. Bellatrix, the eldest, brought into her parents' pure blood mania <clears throat> with a. Uh, 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 let me restart. I apologize. Bellatrix, the eldest, brought. Bought. Not brought. Bought into her parents' pure blood mania with a break, breathtaking completeness. Of all the sisters, it was Bellatrix who was the most faithful to her family, and it was she who was utterly irredeemable as a result. Bellatrix joins the, joined the Death Eaters as soon as she was able. She married, not for love, but to further blood purity. Rodolphus Lestrange, a man who never... What? A man we never learnt much about, 
but who joined Bellatrix with cruel delight in torturing Frank and Alice Longbottom. The only person I know, right? <laughs> the only person that Bellatrix truly loved in the end was Lord Voldemort. Indeed, Harry was struck by her fierce mania for him even when seeing her in a pensive. Bellatrix spoke to Voldemort tenderly. She was the last Death Eater standing with him at the Battle of Hogwarts. It was a one-sided, consuming love towards a man who was incapable of feeling the emotion in return. And it inex... inex huh. I don't know that word. I don't know what you're it, reading, so I can't pronounce it I don't, for you. Okay. <laughs> it pulled... It, um, she went she became she went to ruin because of it bellatrix took her family's values to heart and as such led the darkest path oh my god my cats get i hope you guys can't hear that they are like beating each other up i <laughs> i literally went to pick up cooper the other day and he has so many bite marks and scabs all over his head and neck. It's unreal. They're, I don't know what they're doing. They're like fighting each other. <sighs> okay. So Bella, Bellatrix Black Lestrange. Um, she was born in 1951. We don't have a month or a day. She di- uh, died May 2nd, 1998. She is a pureblood. Uh, Bella is another name for her miss bella used by creature she had long black hair pre azkaban she had thick shining hair post azkaban her face is gaunt and skull like her eyes are dark and heavy lidded her distinguishing features she was tall with a harsh voice and a thin mouth often spoke in a weird baby like talk when taunting children itty bitty baby yeah potter Oh my gosh. Uh, so, sorry, like total distraction. Um, so I've been following Tom Felton on TikTok. And oh yeah. Right now, like okay, so first off, Draco Talk has taken off. Um and Tom Felton has put out a challenge to people, like making videos, tagging him in them, like saying the word the word pota. Oh, I saw that. I followed him on Instagram. I don't follow him on TikTok, but I did see that where where he had put that out there. There's this cute little adorable baby. She's like Pata. Oh my god, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, sorry. Total like like it just like he all has, of a sudden hit me, and I'm like, oh wait. <laughs> he has totally taken because he's gone beyond on beyond Potter. I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff after Potter. Oh, he's got a movie on Netflix. Where he's I like, saw that. Have you watched it? Ba- no, I've seen the uh, the trailer for it. It's the babysitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babysitters Club Vampire or or Monster Hunters or something. Something. Out. And he's like the monster they're hunting. Yes. Or he steals somebody. Yeah. He steals a kid, and they're and the babysitters come to help the babysitter hunt him. <laughs> Or something. So, and when I first saw it, because it was on his Instagram, he put it on. I mean, he put the trailer on his Instagram, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't understand. Is he in this movie? Because I didn't realize he was the main yeah, monster, the monster they were hunting. I was the like, they did thing, him yeah. up really good because he looks really good. You can't oh, yeah. tell it's he was him. scary looking. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's gone beyond Potter in his acting career. He's done a lot of. 
great roles. Right. Um, he was in, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but he was a Roman soldier in, um, he was with, uh, what's, uh, uh, Ralph, is it not Ralph? Who is the younger brother of Voldemort? The what? You know, the the guy that played Voldemort is Fines. Is his name Ralph? Yeah, Yeah, Ralph. Okay. So Joseph Fines did um, a movie, and I can't remember the name of it, and it's about after Christ's death. And he's a Roman soldier that is looking for Christ's body. Hmm. And Tom Felton Felton is his second in command. Hmm. In this movie, he does a really good job. And then he's also in that movie about the chick um, and the dog in the Iraq war. He teaches her. I think you're right. I think it's called Risen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Risen. Yes. And then he was also in, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's a true story about the woman who learned to train dogs in the war in Iraq, in Iraq. And huh. he's her trainer. He oh, teaches right her how to Megan do- Levy. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so I, he- I Googled him. That's how I, that's how I'm pulling all these words out. Uh, okay. So he's done some really good. St- I mean, he was really, he was good in both of them, but he still embraces that Potter side. Yeah, right, right. He is so into it. Like, he will, like, meet with fans. He'll do, like, everything. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And I saw saw him, I think it was on his Instagram or it was on Facebook, but he was meeting a little girl. And he said, don't be scared. He goes, I'm not the bad guy. He goes, I just play the bad guy. Right. So you don't have to be scared. It was so sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just so sweet. So he's, I, I commend him because he's, he has embraced that world. I know, oh. I know there, the other ones have, some of them have, and some of them are like, well, I've gone beyond that. But he, he, he embraces it as well as he's moved on and done other stuff. So that's, I, I enjoy him. Right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Back to Squirrel, Bella. sorry. <laughs> Back. Okay. But actually, though, like technically, it is related because because Draco is Narcissa's son, and that's right. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, her wand was uh, walnut and dragon heartstring. It was twelve and three quarter inches. It was unyielding. It was captured by Harry during their escape from the Malfour Mansion and given to Hermione for her impressionation. Imper- sorry. Her impersonation of Bella at Gringotts. She was a Slytherin. She was affiliated with the Death Eaters, the Second, the Sacred Twenty Eight, and the Augury. What are the Augury? What is uh, that? Isn't that like a bird? Oh, uh, title given to Delphi, the daughter of Voldemort and Bellatrix, oh, yeah, yeah. in okay. an alternate reality time. Yeah, visited by Scorpius. Like- or she's like, yeah, because she's like the new Voldemort, but they called her, yeah. An augury is a vulture-like bird whose mournful cry supposedly foreshadows death. Delphi grew up in the home of Euphemia Roll, Rowl, who kept an augury in a cage. She has a tattoo of the ominous bird on the back of her neck. Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> All right. She was one of Voldemort's 
most devoted Death Eaters. She was very cruel and vicious. She was guilty of torturing and murdering wizards and muggles alike. As she sometimes, Bella, as she was sometimes called, was the oldest daughter of the noble and most ancient House of Black. Her parents were Cygnus and Druella. Her sisters are Narcissa and Andromeda. She is a particularly particularly enthusiastic member of Voldemort's inner circle. She loves causing pain, especially when her victims are powerless. Her speciality is the unforgivable Cruciatus curse. You talk about a, you talk about a pure psychopath. Absolutely. I mean, she she <laughs> is I mean just I watched um I can't remember the name of it. It's the Ted Bundy story that Zach Ephraim plays Ted Bundy, wicked yeah. wicked whatever it's called. It's on Netflix. And then um after I watched it there the t- the Bundy the Ted Bundy tapes, which is a documentary, I think there's four episodes um comes up and you get and they interview him. And you talk about a pure psychopath who relishes in the pain he inflicts on his victims. The death chair was the, the electric chair was too good for that man. Right. It was too good. I mean, he should have been tortured. To, I'm sorry. I, I just I probably shouldn't be talking about this on here, but, <laughs> mm. but she, I mean, she is likened to th- this man. I mean, he, he inflicted a lot of pain on women and they do not have a count of how many women he killed. They don't know. He only admitted to 30 murders and he enjoyed every single one of them. And you should, they show his face when they um, convict him. He has no emotion, none whatsoever. It's of course not. creepy. It's just creepy. Uh, let's see. She is she is capable of tremendous loyalty, obviously, to Voldemort during his first reign of terror. Um Bella and Lucius were so high in Voldemort's trust that they were each entrusted with one of his Horcruxes. Bella was given the Hufflepuff Hufflepuff cup and she secured it in her family vault in Gringotts. Until Harry and and company broke in and took it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't as secure as I thought it was. Right. Exactly. Having successfully avoided capture and imprisonment in the immediate aftermath of Voldemort's fall, she, together with three other Death Eaters, attempted to find and restore him, torturing Frank and Alice Longbottom into madness for information. For this, she was given a life sentence in Azkaban, where she was hailed into her escape more than 14 years later. After her escape, Bella took part in the Battle of the Department of Ministries, where she managed to defeat her cousin Sirius, sending him... Okay, come on. <laughs> that Sandy. was a perfect. That, that was actually a perfect sound effect, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's my neighbor texting me. Sorry, sending him falling through the ancient veiled archway into the death chamber. Now, here's the thing: because in the book, I don't think she uses 
um, Avada Kedavra on him. I think she just sends a, maybe a stunning spell to him, and he falls through, yeah, and, he falls there, he di- the and there he dies. But in the movie, she does use um, Avada Kedavra. Yeah, dramatic effect. But yeah, so, I'm, because I'm he di- because he dies, and then the veil takes him in the movie, right? But in the book, I don't. No, I have I, to yeah, go back I, and re-listen. I, I, I don't think she kills him first. I think she pushed her spell pushes him back through the veil. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. My my books are in my room, and my husband's still asleep. So never take books with dragon. That's right. Exactly. Uh, Bellatrix has a conversation with fellow Death Eaters Severus Snape at Spinner's Inn. And she wanted to find out his loyalties, but in the end, it was his willingness to perform the unbreakable vow with Narcissa. Oh, excuse me. Narcissa agreeing that he would protect Draco and kill Dumbledore if Draco failed. That convinced her that Snape could be trusted. After Dumbledore's death, Snape was ascendant into Voldemort's trust, and the Malfoys and Bella were singled out for humiliation. Bella was taunted and told to prune the Muggleborn and half-blood members of her family tree. So when Greyback and the Snatchers captured Harry, Ron, and Hermione with the Sword of Gryffindor, she panicked. The sword should have been in her vault, so she assumed it had been breached and delayed telling Voldemort that Harry had been captured. She couldn't bear failing further from favor because the cup might have been stolen from its hiding place along with the sword. Unfortunately for Bella, she dithered too long. Dobby appeared and helped Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and the others escaped the mansion, knowing exactly where to find one of the last Horcruxes. To Harry's deep sorrow, she killed Dobby with an accurately thrown knife. Bella survived Voldemort's fury and later fought in the Battle of Hogwarts, where she was killed by Molly Weasley. Not my daughter. (sighs) She got what was coming. She did. Absolutely. I mean, not that I like justify killing somebody, but this was also a time of war. Correct. And plus, well, I don't think, no, Bella didn't have any like direct impact on her, on Molly's brothers, but still, but still like, you know, you participate in the murder of her brothers and then you try to kill her daughter. That's what you get. Okie dokie. Anything else about Bella? Mm -mm. I will tell you this, that um, I don't think that they could have picked another actress to portray her as well as Helena Bottom Carter. Oh yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. I mean, I just don't think there was anybody else that could have pulled that, pulled that off. And what's funny is um, we have Disney plus. So Cinderella just was released a couple, I think last month and she is um, the fairy godmother. Oh boy. And, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, Helena Bottom Carter never ceases to amaze me in a role. Never. That woman, it doesn't matter what you put her in. She yeah, can pull she, it off. she kills it. And that, as the fairy godmother, 
of Cinderella, I was like, oh my God. Wow. So she just kudos to, to Miss Helena because she just, whatever is put in front of her, she can pull it. It's kind of like Johnny Depp. Whatever is put in front of him, he can pull it off. Right. I know, I know a lot of people are upset that he's Grindelwald. The thing about it is um, I did some research on that and his wife ain't as squeaky clean oh, as yeah. every, uh, you know, there are, he, he actually has more witnesses and more people backing him up that he's not the villain in that story against whatever heard Amber heard and that her yeah. name. Yeah. So to be upset with JK Rowling, well, what else is new that right. she would allow him to play Grindelwald and for her to say, you don't know the whole story behind his divorce and that has nothing to do with him as an actor sorry i have a bunch of stuff going off um she i believe she was in the right and people getting on their high horses about him being grindelwald kind of upsets me a little bit but anyway back to sorry i hit a squirrel um Helena just yeah. whatever she plays, she just pulls it off, and she pull she did Bellatrix. Now, mind you, in the original in the book, when Jim Dale when when Harry is seeing her in the pensive, I envisioned an older hunched woman. The way he um read her lines. I just imagined a hunched older woman the way he, he read her. So when they said, well, you know, Helena Bottom Carter is playing Bellatrix. I was like, I don't think that's going to work, but she did. It totally, she completely owned that role. Yeah. And I guess like following the, the race of the movies, um, Helena Bottom Carter said that she still has her wand and she like yeah. threatens her kids with it. <laughs> when they misbehave. Yeah. I read that story too. I think that's hysterical. Oh, I love it. Um in okay, so like I'm not a cursed child person. I'm sure we've heard me talk about how much I hate cursed child. But um in the case of Delphi, do you think that Voldemort cared for Bella? Or was just looking to reproduce. I do not. I I will give Cursed Child its due because I like the story. I don't agree with Delphi. To me, per, me personally, you have a man who says I can beat death because I've created these Horcruxes, and what happens? He beats death. He beats death. So at the end, why would he change his mind and go, oh, I, I might need an heir? Right. He doesn't know that the Horcrux, at that moment in time, he doesn't know the Horcruxes right. are being hunted. So why would he change his mind and go, oh, let me let me have an heir? No, no, like no, no. I do not conform to that thinking that Voldemort said, okay, I could die. Like, you know what? Let I me need have a, baby. a kid. I don't No. Uh uh-uh. uh no, I don't I don't uh, Delphi does not live in my reality. No. 
I just don't, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, that's not canon to me. Now, Cursed Child, you can still have Cursed Child without Delphi. Because she, all she does is talk them into. Right, into doing things. But they, but they could have already come up with that anyway, because Albus was going down that road as it was. She just nudged him along. Right. So you didn't need her as Voldemort's daughter to cont- to get those kids to do. No, I don't. Mm-mm. I'm um, not a Delphi fan, nor do I conform to the Delphi um, timeline. I don't know. Yeah, because like the like thought process is that Bella would have been pregnant with Delphi during Half Blood Prince, which really. Okay, so um, if like those those who do you know subscribe to that as canon, um, we don't see Bella mentioned at all during Half Blood Prince. She doesn't show up um at the astronomy tower. Um, yes, she does. She does. Yes, she's the one that sets Hagrid's house on fire. She's the one in that the destroys movie. the Great Hall. That that's in the movie, not in the book. Oh wow! Ooh, movieism. <laughs> but yeah, in the book, she's not there. I thought she. I thought she was in the book. I'm pretty certain she wasn't. Often, I mean, I, I can double check it and, and verify it, but I'm pretty sure we don't see her in Half Blood Prince. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't see her at all. Okay, yeah, we do so. see her in Apple of Friends at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but maybe she's not at the end. I thought she was. <sighs> but yeah, in, in the movie... In the book, okay, so right here. So in the book, Half Blood Prince, Bella only makes an appearance in the very first chapter when she accompanies Narcissa to meet Snape. Okay, so, so yeah, we oh, don't okay. see, we don't see her at the end of the book um, when Snape kills Dumbledore. Okay, I thought she was at the end, but that you're right. Then that's only in the movie. Yeah, because okay. in the movie, um, she sets the burrow on fire. And then, yeah, that was yeah, stupid. Yeah, that like random scene, like what? No, okay, and yeah, then that just t- that took up that took up time, and that was dumb, right? Because you had enough in the book that you didn't need to add crap. Don't add stuff. Use what's in the book. Are you kidding me right now? Right. Um, and then we see her uh, in the movie. We see her when Snape's like running away, and like Harry's yeah. trying to like shoot stuff at Snape, but Snape's like, right. I am the half-blood prince. Right. Well, she was in the, yeah, she was in the, um, in the main hall where she was dancing on the tables. Yeah. And, and then she everything blew, off. blew, and then blew off the, blew out the windows. Yeah. 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 Cause like in the book, when Harry confronted Snape, the only other Death Eaters present were Draco, who Snape told to run, 
a blonde Death Eater, later revealed, named Thorfinn Roll, and and the Caro siblings. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Wow. Yep. See the, the movieisms. They'll catch you up. Yep. Um, do you want me to take the first part and of Andromeda and then you do the, I, I've got a little blurb and then you could do the rest of it. Okay. No, that's fine. All right, okay. So Andromeda, the blood trader, and then there was Andromeda, the middle child, but Andromeda stood out from the sisters in her own way. When she married Ted talks, a muggle born wizard of distinctly impure blood, he called her Dromeda. Perhaps her own childhood nickname, or perhaps a new one to mark her new family. She was immediately disowned as a blood trader, and from that day on, she never saw her sisters again. Bellatrix confirmed this to Voldemort, saying she and Narcissa never set eyes on our sister since she married the mudblood. Despite this, Andromeda bore the burden of having an uncanny resemblance to her older sister, Bellatrix. In fact, Terry mistook Andromeda for Bellatrix the first time he saw her, to the point that he reflexively went for his wand, much to Andromeda's offense. It was Andromeda, though, governed more by kindness than her sisters, who was left with the most scars. Andromeda lost almost everything in the Seconding World Wizard War. Snatchers killed Ted while he was on the run from the Death Death Eater-controlled Ministry of Magic, Heartbreakingly soon after that, her own sister, Bellatrix, murdered her daughter, Nymphadora Tonks, and it was left to Andromeda to bring up her grandson, Teddy, almost the only direct family she had left, showing a true strength and bravery that her sisters did not. It seems almost impossible that these three women with almost identical upbringings could lead such different lives, but the black family tree twists and grows in mysterious ways. I wonder, do you think Bellatrix knew that that was her niece? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm positive. Yeah. That's horrible. Like, you're just going to willingly kill your niece. But her niece is a product of unpure blood, and then her niece also married a werewolf. And had a a little werewolf baby. (laughs) Right. So that is totally not her ideals at all. So, of course, she's trimming or pruning her family tree. Right. As as told to by her master. Right. (sighs) I mean, if I think if Voldemort had told her to go kill the minister of magic, she would have done it. Probably she well, even though she did hesitate, like um, calling Voldemort when Harry and company were brought to Malfoy Manor. Right, but she only did that because of her own butt. Right, like oh, hold on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Dramada. Um. So she attended Hogwarts with her sisters. Um. Sorted into Slytherin, just like the rest of her family. I think Sirius was the first one of that entire, like, section of the family to be not put in Slytherin. I wonder if he... 
like asked I wonder, the sorting hat. Asked, uh, yeah, like Harry, not right. Slytherin. Right. Maybe. Like, you know what? Maybe, Don't put me with these crazy fools. <laughs> right. Maybe he did the same. Right. When he was sorted. Maybe he asked not to be into Slytherin. Because when you see Lily and <sighs> Snape, oh, God, I can't remember his name. When you see them in Snape's memories, you know, uh, Sirius immediately buddies up with James. Immediately is right with James. Right. So maybe he, when they got to the sorting, he was like, I don't want to be in Slytherin. I, you know, I want to be with this kid. I wonder, you know, since Sirius and James are both from pure blood families, I wonder if they were, if they knew each other before coming to Hogwarts. Yes, but the Potters weren't considered part of the Sacred Twenty Eight. So I don't think that the Blacks would have associated with them. Too complicated because because Sirius's parents felt the same way that Narcissa did. I'm not Narcissa that Bella did. Pure blood only, right? Yeah, toujours pure. And if they, right? And if they weren't part of the Sacred Twenty Eight, I don't think that they would associate with the Potters. <sighs> Craziness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So Andromeda attended Hogwarts with her sisters, sorted into Slytherin. She was very skilled in charms. Um. Because she was proficient with household charms. Yeah, I could use some of those, actually. <laughs> um, at some point during her education at Hogwarts, she fell in love with Ted Tonks. And they had Nymphadora, who don't call me Nymphadora. Um, we said she was considered a blood traitor, which is, like, horrible. Um, where was I? Yeah, the only, the first, and really only time that we meet her in the books is in, during Deathly Hollows, when um Harry and company end up hiding at the house while they're on the run, and then like Harry about like freaks out because she looks so much like Bellatrix. That was quite funny. Uh, yeah. Um, although Andromeda and Ted do not appear to be official members of the Order of the Phoenix, they allowed their home to be one of the Order's safe houses and were supportive of the organization to which their daughter belonged. Nifedora married Remus Lupin in the summer of 1997. He suspected that her parents did not approve because... Because she was a werewolf, although it is unknown if this was true, given the fact that Andromeda was not a pure-blood supremacist. Um, after the Battle of the Seven Potters, they were instrumental in Harry Potter's moving from Privet Drive to the Burrow. Harry Potter and Rubius Hagrid took temporary refuge in Tonks' home, where Andromeda took care of Hagrid's injuries. And then, yeah, Harry was going crazy because she looked like Bellatrix. Um, 
Um, Andromeda and Ted Tong. When the Ministry of Magic fell under Lord Voldemort's control in August of 97, the magical protections around the Order safe houses were broken. Andromeda and Ted were interrogated and tortured by Death Eaters for information pertaining to Harry, Harry Potter and the Order. Their son-in-law reported that they were shaken, obviously, but otherwise okay. Soon after this, their daughter discovered she was pregnant and came to stay with Andromeda and Ted as her husband temporarily left her out, left her out of fear that he would pass on lycanthropy to their child. When really, um, uh, Nymphadora passed down her metamorphagus skills to him. So, here's my question. To become a werewolf, you must be bitten. Mm-hmm. So why would a forward-thinking, smart person think, oh, I can pass on like this trait to to my child? Well, you didn't bite your kid, right? It, it, that's not how. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. I mean. Yeah, I, I, just, says, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand where that came. From. I mean, I get it's fear. I, I understand that. I understand he's fearful of this. But if you think about it logically, that can't be passed on that way, right? The only way to pass on the werewolf trait is by a bite, right? Yeah, because like I like pulled up lycanthropy from the Harry Potter fandom. Um, Lycanthropy is a magical illness known to be spread by contact between saliva and blood. Um, And then the only known human born at least to born to at least one werewolf part, one werewolf parent untransformed at the time of conception was Teddy Lupin, son of werewolf Remus and human metamorphagus nymphadora teddy did not inherit his father's condition however it is unknown if it definitely cannot be passed on in this manner or if teddy did not inherit the condition from pure chance other than teddy or pure chance as well this they need a period in here um other than teddy there's no documentation of a werewolf having a child in human form in Teddy's case, it was his father who was a werewolf, not his mother. Therefore, it is unknown if a pregnant female's werewolf transformations could affect the ability to carry the pregnancy to term. But then here, two were- if two werewolves mate at the full moon in their animal forms, something very strange happens. The result of their mating, which has only ever occurred twice throughout history, has been a pack of wolf cubs, actual wolf cubs, who grew to become very beautiful wolves and can only be distinguished from true wolves by their near human intelligence. Okay. But there, that was certain circumstances. <laughs> right, that wasn't, right. that was two together under a full moon in wolf form. Right. And he, you know that there's no way he would have turned into a wolf to consummate. Right. With he, he would have just killed her. He would have killed, he would have killed her. Right. So, so so there's no like scientific explanation. I guess it was it was just probably chance, who knows. Okay. Um yeah. And then with the Muggleborn Registration Commission, um obviously with Ted 
being a muggle-born, you know, he was he had to go on the run. Um, and then he was killed. Um, be- before the birth of Teddy. Um, which I believe why they it's why they named him after him, named Teddy after Ted because he was he had passed away. Um, Andromeda's daughter and son-in-law were killed in action during the Battle of Hogwarts by Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange, Andromeda's sister, and Antonin Dolohoff, respectively. Bella, Bellatrix was later killed herself by Molly Weasley. Um, Post battle, Andromeda was left with custody of her grandson. So Teddy had also spent a lot of time with his godfather, Harry Potter, and the Weasley family. Um, like we said, that she has an uncanny resemblance to her older sister. Um, the only difference being that Bell- while Bellatrix was dark-haired and had heavy-lidded, malicious eyes, Andromeda had light brown hair, and her eyes were wider and kinder. Um, I wonder if that's why she was... I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she They were wider and kinder. And they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. Right. So I wonder if that's why she had a different feeling... You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Right, even though like she like looks like Bellatrix, who's this crazy psycho, she's more like calm looking. Um, let's see. Out of the three black sisters, Andromeda was the only sister that ha- that w- has not appeared in any of the films. And like I said, we only meet her one time during the book the book series oh i'm just like knocking stuff all over um and she's the only one of the five black cousins that also was not in the film um is, let's see and yeah and breaks the bad slytherin stereotype and like her cousins, Sirius and Regulus Black defied Voldemort. Just like Severus Snape, she fell in love with the Muggleborn. I wonder where the metamorphagus comes from. Because I'm pretty sure that because we we know that, that that that's genetic. So I wonder if there's someone like further back in the, in the Black Tree. Or because like for Ted to be a Muggleborn, there has to be some magical blood somewhere, right? So I wonder if that's like a long lost trait in Ted's family. Sorry, I finished. I mean, could be. I mean, could be. I mean, I mean, you 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 have Tonks who has it, and then she passes it to Teddy, and that's all that you know about it is Tonks and Teddy, right? We I mean, she doesn't. You know, J.K. doesn't give any any more background, and I don't think there's any more background within any of the fandoms or Wikia or right. Yeah, lexicon. yeah. There's like hardly anything on Andromeda, just because we only meet her one time, and like we just know kind of like very general information. Hmm. Um. So on the WizardingWorld.com website there's an article about 
unsung heroes and drama that talks. Um, and it just kind of like talks about how um, she kind of threw out her family ideals, um, got herself burnt off the tapestry because she went against everything her family believed in. Um, <sighs> now I wonder if her mother did that. Or her father did that, or if Sirius's mother did that. I think Sirius's mother did that. Because, okay. like, the tapestry was in their house. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that she couldn't say, dude, your daughter has gone against us. Do you want to come over here and do it? Right. Or do you want me to do it? You know, you know what I'm saying? Right, true. I mean, who was the actual person that did it? Right. Um, yes, yeah, Andromeda Tonks is an unsung hero of the Harry Potter series because she's driven first and foremost by love. Love was the reason she left her family and married a muggle born wizard. Love is the reason she and her husband felt compelled to become allies of the Order of the Sec of the Order in the Second Wizarding War. And love was was why she raised her daughter's son in the tragic years after Tonks and Remus's death. We all know that Harry Potter books are deeply concerned with the power of love. It's what saved Harry at Godric's Hollow, after all. And Andromeda Tonks is just one more character who shows that our upbringing doesn't have to define us. It's how we choose to live our lives that matters, with hate or with love. Aw, that's so sweet. So, that's kind of all we have on Andromeda. Not a whole lot, um, just because we only meet her one time and we kind of just know general stuff about her right but that was i mean that's that's that was more than a sentence so that was i mean that's some stuff right all right are we ready for the baby sister yeah yeah <laughs> all right sissy sissy ah uh, sissy so Narcissa Black Malfoy is was the youngest of the Black sisters. She was born around 1955. We don't have an exact date. We just kind of know from you know, images of the tapestry in the Black family home. <coughs> she is the youngest sister of Bellatrix Andromeda. Um, the wife of Lucius Malfoy, mother of Draco Malfoy, and the grandmother of Scorpius Malfoy. Although never officially a Death Eater herself, Narcissa believed in the importance of blood purity and supported her husband in following Lord Voldemort during the First and Second Wizarding Nicole War. ASAP 08. Okay. <laughs> I wonder um, why I'm she never actually. <laughs> I wonder why she uh, never on. took the mark. Uh, well, I'll just keep reading. You keep um, going. I'm this changed, mute. however. Okay. This changed, however, when her husband was incarcerated in Azkaban and her son's life was put in jeopardy by Voldemort. Narcissa took necessary measures to protect her family during, including lying to Voldemort about Harry Potter being dead during the Battle of Hogwarts, an act which saved the Malfoys from serving time in Azkaban following the Dark Lord's defeat. <laughs> 
Narcissus survived the final battle of the Second Wizarding War and later had a grandson, Scorpius Hyperon Malfoy, through her son's marriage to Astoria Greengrass. Through her son's marriage to Astoria Greengrass. However, Narcissa disliked Astoria for her stance on blood tolerance. I'll have to look more into that. I never real never realized that Astoria was kind of um Okay, so she's born in 1955 in the aristocratic House of Black. She has two older sisters, Bellatrix and Andromeda. Narcissa was taught the philosophy of blood purity from a young age and grew up prejudiced in favor of purebloods. Thus, like her sister Bellatrix, she cut off contact with her sister Andromeda after she was disowned and burned off the Black family tree for marrying Muggle-born wizard Ted Talks. Um, Narcissa went to Hogwarts and she was slurred into Slytherin, like the rest of her, her family. She met her future husband, Lucius Malfoy, while at Hogwarts. Um, she married Lucius, who was just as wealthy and pure-blood-inclined as the Black family. Um, the Malfoys lived a life of privilege and luxury at Malfoy Manor in the southern English county of Wiltshire. Her husband introduced Narcissa to the lifestyle of Death Eaters. Also, she never... Although she never became one herself, the couple had one son, Draco Lucius. Narcissa thus continued her family tradition of naming children after stars and constellations, like her sisters Andromeda and Bellatrix. Um, Narcissa's cousin Regulus was killed during the First Wizarding War, while her other cousin Sirius and sister Bellatrix were both sentenced to Azkaban after Voldemort's fall in 1981. Lucius was able to avoid a similar fate by claiming he was under the effects of the Imperius curse, and the Malfoys remained members of the social elite, enjoying close relationships with Ministry of Magic officials such as Minister for Magic Cornelius Fudge and Senior Undersecretary to the Minister of Magic Dolores Umbridge. Blech. Um, in privacy, however, they regretted the downfall of Voldemort as they saw the purification of the wizarding race to have failed completely, Regrets that they told her son not to reveal, lest it would bring their family trouble. Um, so between the two wars, um, Lucius wanted Draco to go to Durmstrang, which only admitted pure-blooded and half-blood students and taught the dark arts, which closely mirrored the Malfoy family beliefs. But Narcissa insisted that he go to Hogwarts, closer to home. Um, Narcissa attended the Quidditch World Cup in 1994 with her husband and son, watching the game from Fudge's luxury box. Must be nice. Um, in 1996, her sister Bellatrix and her husband escaped Azkaban. Um, in that same year, Lucius participated in the Battle of the Department of Mysteries in an attempt to acquire a prophecy for Lord Voldemort, who had returned to power the previous year. Narcissa provided Voldemort with the information he needed to get Harry after she had gained it from Creature the House Elf, who gave it to her both because she was a black by birth and because she treated the attention the, treated the attention starved house elf more kindly than her cousin Sirius Black, the elf's current master, did. The, the effort was thwarted by six DA members and members of the Order of the Phoenix. Voldemort was furious with Lucius, who had led the effort, both for failing to obtain the prophecy and for the consequences of that night. 
which included the Dark Lord's return being recognized by the Ministry of Magic and many of his Death Eaters being sent to Azkaban, including Lucius himself. Although her sister Bellatrix managed to escape imprisonment, Narcissa was distraught over her husband's incarceration, as well as Voldemort's subsequent treatment of her family, because um, that's when they they use Malfoy Manor as like Death Eater headquarters. Um, that summer, she and and they had turned Draco into a, a Death Eater in retaliation for Lucius's failure. Um, that summer, she returned to Snape's home at Spinner's End, accompanied by Bellatrix, and they made the unbreakable vow that Snape would help Draco should he fail in his task to kill Voldemort. Um, oh, where was Oh, okay. Um, Narcissa clashed with her sister, Bellatrix, over who had authority in her home. Since Voldemort was living there, Bellatrix was living there, and Bellatrix, you know, had this, um, like, second-in-command air about her, um, despite being in the Malfoy home, not the Black home. Um, so, because Harry had... Taken had forcibly taken Draco's wand. Draco's wand changes allegiance to Harry. So Draco was using Narcissa's wand during the Battle of Hogwarts, but he ended up losing it while they were while he was trying to escape. So it like burnt down in the fiend fire along with Vincent Crab. Crispy. Um and since Voldemort had tar- was targeting Draco, that's when Narcissa changed her allegiance. Um, where she was more... Well, that's part... Well, at, at that point, Narcissa had already changed her allegiance because she was more worried about her son than the stupid blood purity. So that's why Narcissa had lied to Voldemort. But I'm curious to how she got away with it. Because we know that Voldemort is a skilled um, legimens. Legitimates. Yeah. So Narcissa must be so, like super skilled at occlumency well, to keep we him know out. Well, we Bella is because Bella taught Draco. Right. So maybe Narcissa is. We just don't know it. Right. She would have to be to like boldface lie to the Dark Lord. Who can yeah. see through about anything. And if Bella was teaching Draco, you know Narcissa was there being like, what are you teaching my kid? Right. So she could have learned or she maybe had part of that and just developed it. Right. Yeah, because like, cause she bullfaced lied to him. Because she was more worried about her son. Right. Um, during the final phase of the Battle of Hogwarts, um, Narcissa witnessed her son, or not her son, her sister being killed by Molly Weasley. Um, and also for the down, for the, the final defeat of Voldemort. 
Um, <laughs> after the battle, the family was reunited in the Great Hall, where they seemed uncomfortable with their predicament, but did not leave. <laughs> that's that's got to be a hard th- thing. Awkward turtle. Yeah. Um, when um, you're in a situation... Right, because I think I think the the little scene at the end of Deathly Hallows two was obviously added in where they're like calling Draco like Draco, come on, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly what happens in the book. I haven't read Deathly Hallows in a while. I don't. Yeah, it says uh, Narcissa betrayed the park. Either, yeah. Narcissa betrayed the Dark Lord and asserted that Harry Potter was dead. She knew the only way her family would be reunited was was as part of Voldemort's conquering army, thus proving she loved her family more than she supported Voldemort. <laughs> However, um, as Narcissa betrayed Voldemort and left him, the entire Malfoy family was granted a reprieve and avoided incarceration in Azkaban. I wonder if Harry had something to do with that. I mean, could be. I mean, and here's the thing. That's one thing that Voldemort doesn't get is love. You know, oh, uh, what is, you know, when Harry's like, I have something that you don't have. And he's like, what is it? Love. Yes, love. Love will always, always win out. Right. No matter what. Especially a mother's love for her child. Exactly. Case in point, Narcissa Malfoy. Right. Um, So, yeah, back to my, like, original thought. Like, why do you think Narcissa never took the dark mark? Oh, never became a true. Yeah, she she uh, never. Yeah, she never became like she never took the mark and became a true Death Eater. Do you? Well, I mean, obviously, it's not like a, like a because that wasn't that wasn't her. I don't think that was her personality. Um, it it was Bellatrix's. Bellatrix was her own person, even though she married uh, Lestrange. Yeah. Um she did that out of obligation to for um to make the pure blood pure blood line stronger um obviously she didn't do it out of love we know that cuz it, it it's quoted in there she didn't do it out of love right but she had such a taste for uh blood and mayhem and killing that she was like yeah okay, put it cool. on there but narcissa was like I am the mother. I am the wife. Uh, I think she loved, she did love Lucius. But she loved her son more. Right. She was the, he was the head of the family. So he is the death eater. I don't need to be the death eater. He's the head of the family. Right. I have my child and that's what I am. I'm a mother. So she, why would you take the mark if your husband as head of the family already has the mark. You wouldn't need to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Because they don't ever – she does – she wasn't in any – I don't think she was in any battles in the first war, Wizarding War. No, I don't think so. Plus, she she would have, like, just had Draco. Right. He would have just been born. Right. Yeah. So – because, like, Draco, I think it was born in June. And Harry was born the end of July. What waffles? Hi, waffles. Waffles is trying to climb up my chair. <laughs> um. So yeah, she she would have been like at home with the baby instead of out beat right. walking around like her sister. Um, okay, so physical appearance. Narcissa Malfoy was described as tall, slim, nice looking, and very pale with blue eyes, long blonde hair, and a clear, cold voice. Her hair coloring thus differed from most of the House of Black, who generally had dark hair, though Narcissa did possess the arrogant good looks that are common characteristics of her family. Despite her physical differences to her sisters, Bellatrix and Andromeda, Harry Potter did describe her as resembling Bellatrix somewhat, though Narcissa was fair as Bellatrix was dark. Um, Narcissa's beauty was somewhat marred by her... Her downing an expression that suggested she was sniffing dung wherever she was in the company of those she considered her inferiors. <laughs> Narcissa was a very proud woman who frequently displayed a haughty and disdainful attitude, looking down on others she, as she believed strongly in the importance of blood purity and valued her family's wealth. Um, she was prejudiced toward muggle-borns, other non pure blood such as Fenrir Greyback and so-called blood traitors. For example, she once rudely exclaimed to the owner of Madame Malkins that she would rather shop at Twidfit and Tattlings instead since Madame Malkins served scum such as Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley. Despite her beliefs and her family's close ties to Lord Voldemort and the Death Eaters, Narcissa never joined the organization herself nor received Dark Mark. Um. Okay, so there's an article on Wizarding World about in defense of Narcissa Malfoy. Um. So regardless of Mar- Nar- uh, regardless of Narcissa's more 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 moral moments, she was a Malfoy through and through. Born into a pure bloodline, it is clear that Narcissa was brought up to believe in magic over Muggles. Like her husband Lucius, she clearly believed that muggle-born wizards were inferior to pure-blood ones, even disowning her sister Andromeda for marrying one. These beliefs would always go against what Harry and his friends believed in. Narcissa was part of the Voldemort entourage during the Dark Lord's final months. Also, she was never a Death Eater. Nevertheless, she certainly followed in Lucius's footsteps when it came to Harry. Um, indeed, she ultimately held him res- and his friends responsible for her husband's capture and incarceration. Which I think is not fair. You're going to blame your husband's arrest and incarceration on 15-year-olds? Come on now. Well, um, the thing about that is that's not taking responsibility for yourself. Right. And even though at the end she did redeem herself because of her love for her son, she's still 
not a good person. Right. Overall. She's just not. Right. Um, although, however, it became very obvious throughout the story that Narcissa's true allegiance was to her family, especially her son, even if even if it meant defying Lord Voldemort. Yeah, it's um she may have been part of Voldemort's inner circle by default. Only but only by default. Um she was one of the quieter supporters of the Dark Lord always by Lucius' side, yet rarely in the middle of the action. In fact, she showed on more than one occasion that she would happily betray Voldemort to save Draco. Um, with Lucius locked up in Azkaban and the Malfoy name fallen from grace, Draco was given an important mission by Voldemort to kill Albus Dumbledore. Narcissa knew full well that this honor had not been bestowed on Draco as a reward, but rather as a punishment for his father's failure. Narcissa transformed from Ice Queen to panicked, protected mo- protective mother. When Draco was threatened, she became ruthless, desperate and determined to do anything to save her son, even if that meant revealing information about Voldemort's secret mission. Um, fortunately for Narcissa, Snape was fully aware of the plan and was willing to aid Draco. Um, Bellatrix could not understand... Her sister's de- devastation at Voldemort's instructions. In her mind, it was a great honor. If she had sons, she claimed, she would have been glad to sacrifice them to the Dark Lord's will. That's crazy. Like, so right there. Right. Right, right there. There is <laughs> evidence. Because if she was pregnant, she gave birth when? Um, Beginning of... Of Deathly Hallows. Like, end of Half-Blood, beginning Deathly Hallows. So she should have no. been pregnant now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah she should have been pregnant, that. like, during, she said, during the, like, year of Half-Blood Prince. So she would have been, so, like, newly pregnant so, here. Right. And so she would have already had sex with him. Excuse me. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> but... She said, if I had sons. So she's right there proclaiming, I have no children. Right. Or, okay. and she has no there's son. Your, there's your proof. Huh? As, it's, if she had sons, so she could have, she could have a daughter. Yeah, but you don't know that right then what's going right, to pop right. out. Right. Until this cursed child crap comes out. Right. So yeah. that's but like even even you're so wrapped up in this crazy ideology that you're willing to sacrifice your child to the cause. Mm. Speaking of which, my child is now right behind me. Oh, she's awake. Yeah, which she's been awake. She's just been kind of roaming around. Um. But yeah, like willingly sacrifice your child. Like I, that's just, I don't know. But um, Narcissa's love for Draco, however, triumphed her fear of Voldemort. She pleaded with Snape, the most unfettered emotion we ever saw her display, to make an unbreakable vow with her, ensuring Draco's safety. Uh, Marcus's greatest moment, however, was when she chose to betray Voldemort 
in Deathly Hallows. Not knowing whether Draco was alive or dead, Narcissa chose to lie to the Dark Lord rather than risk losing her son. When Voldemort asked her to check if Harry was dead, and she realized he was, in fact, still breathing, Narcissa seized her opportunity. Harry revealed that Draco was still very much alive, and she lied to her master in order to get closer to him. Narcissa may have concealed the truth from Voldemort to save her son, but she inadvertently helped Harry to victory in doing so. So, do we think? Do we believe that that was her her redeeming factor? Did she redeem herself by by lying to the Dark Lord? I don't I don't know if that's a redemption quality just to lie to somebody. Um she didn't really help Harry in any way. Right. She just lied because she knew her son was that fine. if Harry was dead, they could go go in and he they could get so it's still it's still a selfish it's still selfish what she did. So I don't really think that that redeemed her. I think what redeemed her is once they got Draco, they left the war. Right. Um, Narcissa may have... They didn't fight for Voldemort anymore once they got a hold of Draco. That's a redeeming quality. Right. They're like, okay, we're done here. We're cool. <laughs> right. Um, but I, but lying to him, no, that didn't. Re- there was no redemption within that. But, but I mean, that's my personal opinion. But all right, that was that's that was a selfish act to get her to her kid. Right. Um, Narcissa may have been many things. She was cruel and distant and happy to watch her family return to Lord Voldemort's side as he rose again. But she was also self-sacrificing. She loved her son and her husband, and she thought nothing of putting herself in danger to protect them. Most of Narcissa's actions can be traced to her desire to perfect her, protect uh, her family at all costs. How different was Narcissa Malfoy to Molly Weasley or Lily Potter? In the end, she put love first. Although she's not an obvious hero, she did the right thing in the moment that mattered most. Can we really compare her to, to Molly and Lily? No. no. Yeah, no. Like I, don't, I mean, she, it's, I it's think not she, an equal comparison. No, it's not. I do believe she had that type of love. Excuse me. She had that love for her child that they had for their children. Yeah, she was probably, if it came down to it, she probably would have sacrificed herself for her child. But she didn't. Right. So I I can't give her that comparison of yes, she's like Molly and Lily. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But I mean, okay. I mean, but, like Molly didn't. Molly didn't really sacrifice herself. No, but she did what she had to do to right, save her right, child, right. just as Lily did. And in Lily's case, that was a sacrifice. Right. In Molly's case, that was killing another human being. Right. So in a way, that's a sacrifice. Right, true. Because you're taking somebody else's life to save your own child. Right. So, yeah, maybe. I I mean, she had that same love for Draco. So, yeah, I guess. 
is that a redeeming quality to a point, but lying to Voldemort? No, that's not redeeming. So yeah, I get, I'm going to give it to her. Okay. Yeah, I am. I'm going to give it to her. To her. Yeah. I don't like her, but I mean, just because you don't like somebody doesn't necessarily, I mean, just because she's got the wrong ideals doesn't mean that, you know, that doesn't make her a good mother. Right. You know, and he, he benefits, Draco benefits from that love in the end in Cursed Child. Even in the end of the book, he benefits from it because he marries somebody that he truly loves. And then he loves his child the way his mother loved him. Right. We see that in the cursed child. So, I mean, yeah, I'll give it to her. Yeah, I'll give it to her. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Okay. Do you have a history of magic? Because if not, I have one. I do not. Okay. Well, I got one. I don't think. I don't. Uh, good. Yeah, because I don't think I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So on this day, circa October 24th, 1981, the Fidelia charm was placed, was cast to hide the Potters with Peter Pettigrew acting as secret keeper. Um, Dumbledore had offered to be secret keeper, but James and Lily had refused, planning to go with Sirius Black instead but switching to Peter Pettigrew at the last minute. Um, Fudge says that the Fidelius charm was cast barely a week before Voldemort came after the Potters. Oh, that's sad, because a week from today is the 31st. Mm. Sad. So, that's our history of magic. And actually, like, real quick, because, like, I had mentioned that um, our sister wasn't a huge fan of her daughter-in-law, Astoria. Um, it's because the Greengrass family still subscribed to the pure blood supremacy, despite the fact that you know, obviously, that wasn't going to work. Right. Yeah. Um. At some point between two thousand and two thousand four or five, she eventually. She, meaning Astoria, married Draco Malfoy, who was two years ahead of her and was a classmate of her older sister, Daphne. Um, Lucius and Narcissa had disapproved of Draco's choice to take her as a wife, but he chose her anyway and stood up to both of them. This was something which Astoria once told her son was the most courageous thing she had ever seen. That's a hard thing to do to stand up to your parents to marry somebody that you love. Right. Oh. Yeah, and then after Scorpius's birth, um, Narcissa Astoria refused to teach her pure teach her son the pure blood belief that Muggles were scum. Lucius and Narcissa, oh no, right here, Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy therefore found her somewhat disappointed. Daughter-in-law family gatherings were often fraught with tension. So actually, they didn't believe Astoria didn't believe in the pure blood stuff, but the Malfoy still did. Well, um, Narcissa and Lucius did. You would think after all of this, after two wizarding wars, Harry Potter saved your hide from Azkaban, and you're still going to stick with these pureblood ideals? It's it's hard. Right. It's hard to change somebody's mind on that situation. 
and I'll give you an example, World War II. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Germans who didn't have it easy during World War II. But they believed that – I can't say the word what he is. They believed him wholeheartedly, and even after they lost the war, they still believed it. Hell, there's people today in America that believe it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, if it's ingrained in you, it's hard to to change your mind. It is very hard, unfortunately. Right. And even a huge life event like that that they went through, they still – it's sad. It's just sad. It's just sad. Um, and then like one like quick other little thing. Um, Narcissa is the only black family member to not be named after a constellation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Andromeda is a constellation. What? Um, but it's- yeah, and Bella. Yeah, Andromeda is a galaxy um, constellation thing up in the sky. Um, Andromeda constellation, forty-eight constellation, one of the forty-eight constellations listed by Greco-Roman astronomer Ptolemy. Um, and then obviously Draco is a dragon. Sirius is the dog. Um uh, and Bellatrix. Um, find Bellatrix. Here, Bellatrix. But the Bellatrix star is only the third brightest in the Orion constellation. Um. So, although which Bellatrix may have succeeded in killing her cousin, in star terms, Sirius always burned brighter. <laughs> So Sirius's star was brighter than Bellatrix's star. I wonder what. I wonder where they got Narcissa from. I don't know. Yeah, that's she's the only one. Um, Malfoy's mother Narcissa may have been one of the few black family members to avoid being named for a star, but she returned to the tradition when naming her her own and only child Draco. Draco comes from the Latin for dragon. And Draco's another constellation named by astronomer Ptolemy. Ptolemy? Ptolemy. There you go. Uh, okay, Ptolemy. Oh, okay. Oh, working on it. But I think I heard that on the Big Bang Theory, I think. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so be sure to join our Facebook page, Ridiculous Podcast. And our Facebook Ridiculous Podcast group. We are also at Twitter and Instagram uh, Ridiculous Pod. You can follow Samantha at Samantha D. Goddard. You can follow me on Instagram at Running My Pups. And you can follow me on Instagram at jstjohn0422. I need to simplify that and make it a little easier. Well. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, we haven't discussed what we're going to discuss next week, and we don't know if we're going to 
You just have to bear with us. Right. Yeah. Is, is the, just... These are try. <laughs> they're try, they're trying times, and we're trying. So just you have to bear with us. Right. Um, we thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. And uh, so, as Sam would say, please be freaking nice. Wear your mask. Wash your <laughs> and wash your hands. Ohio's about yes, to get, please wear your masks. Ohio's about to get shut down again. I can see it. Like we're like turning the whole state is about red now. So please, oh God. I just wanna I just wanna be normal again. You know, I real quick, I have people who come into my store and I've blocked them off. If you don't have a mask, you can't come into the store. You can stand at the front and I'll get what you need. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. Right. But I'll have people who will come in and I'll say, do, do you have a mask? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's in my pocket. Then what? There's two. And what? Okay. Are you, what? Okay. But anyway. You have a mask, but you don't have it on. I mean, what? You're not. What? I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But anyway. Yes. Go be freaking kind. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. You guys have a good day. Bye, everyone. Later. (laughs)